I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. This is Marie. I am live in Seattle, and we want to welcome everyone, as always, who listen to us throughout the world. We're thrilled to be here at noon in Seattle area, overcast, but not rainy as of yet, and we have Dennis Flaherty in the studio today. He's a Vedic astrologer who lives locally here in Washington State. Dennis is an internationally acclaimed Vedic astrologer with 20 years of experience as a full-time consulting astrologer. He's the founder and director of the Northwest Institute of Vedic Sciences, where he teaches and practices Vedic astrology. He's one of the few um, astrologers who is experienced in practice in Western and Vedic astrology. So welcome, Dennis. Great to be back. I know we've had you. This is your third time actually on the I show. I believe so, yeah. yeah. Three's so a good number. It is a great number. Thanks for being here. We're thrilled to have you, and we're going to actually talk about the economy today, right? I think the economy is a very popular topic these days. <laughs> yeah, and so what's your new phrase for it? Uh, I call it astroeconomic influenza. <laughs> and so what does that mean? Well, the word, uh, our, our language uh, uh, has a number of Latin, Greek, and actually Sanskrit derivatives, uh, and uh, the word influenza comes from the Latin, which actually means influences of the star. Mm. We call it the flu, which is right. what you'll hear in my voice right now because <laughs> I just picked the flu up from my kids at school. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and so it really means kind of a plague from the heavens. And so um, from an economic point of view, most people feel in just about the last, you know, six months, the economy has kind of fallen off a cliff. Right. And uh, how could it have been so good and then how can it be so bad? Right. So we look at this uh, not in terms of the pundits of economics. And I think a lot of people are becoming armchair economics these days. In uh -huh. fact, I think uh, most people uh, that are enrolling in college are enrolling in economics right now. It's quite a popular subject. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's never the good times that brings the interest. It's always the bad times that brings the search for understanding. And so we look at this from an astrological point of view uh, in terms of how bad is the economy. And and uh, in the astrology of India, the planet Jupiter, uh, which is the, the largest planet of our solar system, uh, he is known as guru in Sanskrit, which means, you know, teacher, preceptor. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is the planet of prosperity. This is the planet of uh, growth. This is the planet of uh, children. And this is the planet of wealth. And when the planet Jupiter is very strong, uh, it is representative, representative of a growing period of time. And Jupiter is at its greatest strength in what we call the constellation of Cancer. That's where the planet is, what we call Ucha, or exalted. Now, the astrology of ancient India that comes out of the Vedas, which are about 5,000 years old, is, is very agrarian, uh, as Vedic culture is. I mean, the symbol of worship is the sacred cow in India. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I mean... Uh, cows are sacred because they, number one, uh, plow the field, they fertilize it, and uh, they give milk. They eat grass and they give milk, which is better than most people's uh, 401s uh, retirement accounts uh, these days. <laughs> and so it follows a great agrarian or planting cycle, as the astrology of the Greeks does. And so when we think about uh, the four seasons, we think that the most growth-oriented period of time is the summer. 
And so the constellation of the summer solstice is Cancer. And that, of course, is the garden during the summer. And, you know, when we're coming up, you know, to our spring and our summer soon finally, here in the Northwest. Finally, we've been very and, cold. And this is when we look at the garden and it's in bloom and everything you plant, you know, due to the light and the heat grows. And, and so the summer is the wonderful growing season. Whatever seeds we plant under the light and under the heat, because, of course, the summer solstice just really simply means the longest day of the year. And the more daylight there is, the more things are going to grow. Mm. And so Jupiter is exalted in that particular constellation. From a historical point of view, Jupiter has a 12-year circuit around the sun. And the last time Jupiter was exalted in the Indian system was back in 2002 and 2003. Now, Cancer relates to home and family, and also, uh, by extension, what we're going to call land development and real estate. Because if we will look at the development of land, which is the growing of food, <clears throat> you know, we look at the uh, development of land in terms of what we call housing. And if we will look at the global economy going back at that period of time, pretty much after about the tech crash in 1999 and 2000, everybody took their money out of their tech portfolio and poured it into real estate. The old joke was, at least you could live in your portfolio. <laughs> and with this uh, uh, growth in real estate, uh, real estate in all over the world, not just here in the U.S., grew extraordinarily. Um, I mean, it was what we would call uh, a seller's market. And we all know the story about how the loans were given to anybody. I mean, your dead grandfather could get a loan because the market was, it was so hot and overheated. So this is what we would call looking at the garden in the middle of summer. Now, a lot of people believe that, you know, the good times are going to last, just like some people believe the bad times are going to last. You know, they think the way it is, it's going to be that way forever. Right. But uh, if we will look at the agrarian cycle, we'll understand that there's really only three growing seasons. There's the spring, you know, when things kind of start. There's the summer when they're at their most growth. And then, of course, there is post-harvest in the fall in which everything is kind of tapped out. And then we hit the winter. And the winter is not a growing period of time. The winter is a restorative period of time uh, because that's when the land rests itself, uh, you know, for starting the cycle again, you know, as we will come to what we call the equinoxes or the return of the light in the spring. Well, so therefore the planet Jupiter becomes weak in the winter constellation of Capricorn, which is what we call the winter solstice, the darkest night of the year. And if you'll follow the agrarian metaphor, what gardener plants during the winter? Mm -hmm. And even if you do plant, uh, how much light and heat is there to make things grow? So this is where the planet Jupiter is said, and I love this word, to be debilitated. This is where the planet is weak, and this is where the planet is right now. Now, Jupiter does this every 12 years, and so you say, well, when's the last time was Jupiter debilitated in Capricorn? It was 1997. Now, that's 12 years ago. We all don't like to think about the past, you know, well, unless we have some nostalgia. And if we'll go back to 1997, this, in, in July of 1997, the Asian market collapsed. It was called the Asian Contagion. Uh, and one of my favorite economists uh, who won the Nobel Peace Prize last year is Paul Krugman, who writes for the New York Times. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a book back in 1997, and uh, he is reissuing the book this year. And the book is called... The Return of Depression Economics by Paul Krugman. Mm. And uh, back in 1999, he wrote about the 1997 Asian contagion. 
And the Asian contagion was that all of the growth in Asia collapsed because the Thai currency collapsed. And the gurus, that is the monetary fund, met. And they didn't think it would really be that bad. They thought the Thai currency would just drop a little bit and it would just be uh, applicable to Thailand. But the gurus were wrong. And the whole contagion spread to Asia for a period of time until what we call the IMF came in and restored it at that period of time. Now, Jupiter was debilitated, and Paul Krugman wrote about that because sometimes the financial gurus are not always right, and particularly when the planet Jupiter is hurt, they're not always right. So when does Jupiter go back to some healthy place in its recovery? Jupiter right now is trashed. I don't know the Sanskrit word for (laughs) trashed, but the planet is trashed because Uh not only is it debilitated, but it was eclipsed on January 26th. For an entire year. uh, And and so Jupiter is very weak, and we look at all of the things it represents, and that garden that was once in bloom, Mm -hmm. nobody is seeing any roses or tulips. You know, there's not even any grass growing because we're looking at the garden, you know, and if that garden is your retirement account, your job, or your 401k, you know, you have to believe in the agrarian cycle that this is a winter and it's not supposed to grow, but if you were counting on some kind of a summer in this period of time, well, you're just, you know, you're just out of luck. So Jupiter is going to come out of the shadows, see, because Jupiter is with the eclipses, which is the planets that cause the shadow. And the trouble with the shadow planets is this is difficult because not only is Jupiter debilitated, but he's in the shadows. And if you've ever been driving at dawn or dusk and you look at the road ahead, you can't see it. Mm-hmm. because the nature of light is linear. And we love linearity of light because we can do all our time-distance equations. We can look ahead, you know, whenever you're driving out there. But if you're driving at twilight and you can't see, there's the shadow in the road. And so, uh, and the nature of shadow is curved. It's serpentine. It doesn't have a straight trajectory. So the challenge is that um, as the planet is in the shadows, we can't see the road ahead. And a lot of people are making prognostications like, Everything is going to be like it used to be, and those will be the people when the road changes who will drive right off it. Mm -hmm. There's other people, as you know, when we see the shadows that like to project their fear in the shadows. You know, we're, we were the parent of little children at once, once upon a time, and it's in the shadows where we see the boogeymen and the monsters. Come the light of day, we try to tell our kids they're nothing more than dust bunnies. But, but during that dark shadow, they look very, very scary. So a lot of people are seeing scary scenarios out there. But Jupiter will come out of the shadows in May and June and July. Of this year. Of this year. Excellent. Before he goes back in in oh. August. <laughs> okay. But only for a short time. How long will it go back in? Um, well, my prognostication uh-huh. is that... As Jupiter comes out of the shadow and the planet Mercury becomes very strong in the constellation of Taurus, this will be a period of time to do some real accounting in terms of what has happened in the global economy. Mm-hmm. Because uh, everybody that followed their financial advisor, I, I mean, was a big fan of rationalism and logic. They did everything what they thought was correct. Right. And so how can things be so wrong right. right now? Because once again, when Jupiter becomes weak, you know, the gurus aren't always good at what they're telling us. Right. And I think what is very interesting is we had spoken about Obama in terms of being the next president right. the last time I was yes. on the show. You, and, and you were congr- accurately very, you know, Great congratulations yeah. to this, this extraordinary soul of diversity. Right. But Mr. Obama was born with a debilitated Jupiter. 
And Jupiter is also an indicator of, you know, gurus and fathers. You know, his father wasn't really that present in his life. I mean, he's an extraordinary self-made man. I mean, there was no silver spoon in this man's mouth. Mm -hmm. So he was born with a debilitated Jupiter, and he is running the cycle of debilitated Jupiter. And look at the country that he inherited. I mean, even though he's the president, he certainly has his work cut out for him. Absolutely. So the prognostication is that we're going to come into a clearer period of time where we may be able to address the problems and get over the flu. But, you know, we need the right medication to get over the flu. <laughs> or we at least have to understand how the disease is caused. Uh, but unfortunately, the planet's going to go back into the shadows uh, in the fall, and we can talk about that. Okay, great. Why don't we go ahead and go to the phone lines and get some questions answered? We've got Amy and Kirkland on the line right now. Great. Hi, Amy. Hi. How are you? Good. Great. Hey, my question um, is on this exact topic, and it is about income, generating income into my life and now. <laughs> <laughs> income now is a very popular subject as opposed to income tomorrow. Right. right. Uh, and Amy, uh, you are born uh, August 17th, 1961, 7-12 a.m. in Cincinnati, Ohio? Correct. All right, very good. Well, uh, in the astrology of India, we all run these planetary cycles. And, uh, and, and again, just like the agrarian cycles we were talking about, you know, spring, summer, you know, mm-hmm. winter, you know, mm-hmm. fall. And you are running the cycle of Saturn, my friend. And Saturn is the winter cycle. And Saturn is in the part of the chart uh, that is associated with many of your planets. And so uh, uh, this is a slow period of time. So the cycle that you are in, dear, is a cycle of, I want to say, thoroughness, kind of pacing yourself, <coughs> excuse me, uh, and more of a cycle of sustainability. But I've actually had your chart under stress for about two years. Huh. So uh, ha- have you been feeling more of a sense of your personal limits at this time? Uh, perhaps. Yeah. Um, you know, through that have come some victories. I just uh, wrote and published a book. Yay! And so, yeah, so I've used the time. I feel like I've tried to make the most of each of these challenges, of which there have been quite a few the last two years. Yeah, there was really... A- there was a very heavy pattern in your chart that started in uh, April of 2007. Yeah, my mother passed away. I'm yeah. so sorry to hear that. That's uh, okay. Dear, Thanks. Uh, She's because, on to better things. Yes, because it's, it's a very powerful cycle at that period of time uh, in, in which one uh, has a lot of obligations. Uh, but in the sense of obligation, there is also an extraordinary sense of self-awareness. And so whenever I talk about the great planet Saturn in a person's chart, I tell them they receive the great gift of Saturn. And the gift of Saturn is actually what I call the gift of dissatisfaction and disillusionment, which is the irritant that produces the pearl. Uh, you have to realize happy oysters never deliver pearls. <laughs> Only unhappy oysters do. But once the pearl's been delivered, there's no need for the oyster to be unhappy. So Saturn brings these challenges, and we see the limits of things, and it creates great self-awareness. So you're actually in an extraordinary mm. cycle of self-awareness. I would agree. And I hope this book is an expression of that awareness. And was this book like a sabbatical, like a winter, where you took some time off to write it? Well, you know, it's funny, and I hope this encourages others on the call. When I was laid off, it was with a startup in um, mid-December, of course, a terrible time to be laid off with the market the way it is. I found myself smiling, thinking, 
okay, God, you must really want this book written because I've been secretly hoping for some sort of dedicated time. Of course, I thought three weeks would do it to get the book <laughs> written. And it's, it's been four months. I've launched it. I've sold a whopping five copies so far. And I'm ready to dig in and earn some money. And I interviewed for a company for 14 weeks and found out on Tuesday I didn't get the job. So now I'm like, wow, now what? Well, it's a great time of self-awareness. You've kind of had your sabbatical, and the planet Saturn is going to start to move forward in the heavens about the middle of next month. So you actually get better aspects next month to move forward. But as I always like to say with the planet Saturn, you know, we we are all here in the cult of speed, which is to get things done yesterday. (laughs) And unfortunately, Saturn always delivers tomorrow. Uh, So there's a little bit of a lag time. Uh, He makes us wait, and some things are worth waiting for. So hurry up and slow it down, uh, because this... (laughs) This period of time is kind of more about self-awareness, but you have a lot of dignity in your chart, and even though you have been stressed in this period of time, I do not believe it has taken your dignity. I don't think so either. Not at all. So you keep your head held high, and next month... Uh, is a much better period of time for you. But I'm just going to say pretty much the rest of this month is a little bit of a wake, uh, is is a write-off, which is just, it's the continuing sabbatical. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah. All righty, bye-bye. Why don't we go ahead and go to our next caller? Wonderful. Let's talk to Darcy in Seattle now. Hi, Darcy. Oh, hi, Marie. Hi, Dennis. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, Darcy. How are you today? Um, I'm okay. You know, I'm I'm a little frustrated because... um, I'm divorced, trying to create a new life for myself, and I seem to have lost my, my focus, my drive, my motivation, and I, I want it back. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I don't know how to get, you know, how to move forward, and I'm frustrated that I'm feeling stuck. Well, let's just take a look at your chart here. And you are February 14th, 1957, and that is in Wakefield, Michigan? Yes. Okay. And let me just, uh, the time is... Uh, is uh, 7 p.m., right? Correct. Okay, so we're just going to get a chart up for you. And when when uh, when were you divorced? It was in um, a year and a half ago, October of 07. Okay. So we'll take a look at this. Um, and, uh, and, and again, very much like... Uh, uh, our prior caller, you have the wonderful constellation of Leo rising, which is very dignified. Uh, but uh, you are in a cycle uh, in... in of a planet which is called Rahu, and what Rahu has a tendency to do is to bring what I call TMC, too many complications. <laughs> and so many times what I recommend to really work with this planet is to simplify the life and get rid of that which is extraneous and superfluous, you know, kind of create open spaces in your life, clean out your garage. Have you done any kind of a downsize recently to create clarity for yourself? Um, no, not really. <laughs> okay. And do you feel overwhelmed by everything that's around you? I do sometimes. Do I feel I, that I have a lot of responsibilities. And and could we say a lot of your responsibility is you've got a lot of stuff on your plate? I do, but, you know, I create that. I don't have, it doesn't have to be that. Well, that you know, one of, one of my favorite comedians is the late George Carlin, and he always had that wonderful, you know, discourse on our stuff. 
And uh, many times what Saturn will create is the wonderful existential crisis so we can look at our stuff. You know, we always say it's our stuff and we like our stuff, but other people's stuff, we kind of call it their crap. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> but our stuff, it's our stuff uh, until all of a sudden it kind of becomes, it becomes too weary. It becomes we're too tired. We're fatigued. We can't carry it anymore. And that's when you start to look at your stuff maybe as someone else's crap that you don't want anymore. So my recommendation would be to simplify and get rid of stuff. It's a very liberating experience. And you'll find that uh, I'm just going to say all of the energetic ties to these things as you let go will be incredibly liberating and you'll get your motivation back. But you have an incredible amount of responsibility because you are in what we call the Sati Sati, which is the passage of uh, Saturn over the moon. And it often creates a great familiar responsibility. Do you have children as well? I do. Yes. I, I have two, two teenagers and um Mine's a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Understatement. <laughs> we have little ones and old ones, and as my wife has always told me, when they're little, you know, you just keep a little bit of money in your wallet, but as they get older, keep no money in your wallet. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, there is a, a lot of obligation. And what I'll say in this cycle is very much to look at your life in, in terms of what you really want to be responsible for and what you don't. And as you can intentionalize your responsibility, not so much to look at it as obligation, but as dharma. Uh, If we look at something as path and purpose, then what happens is it has meaning in our life. But if we don't understand its purpose, it becomes obligation and it de-energizes us. So look at the purpose, uh, the dharmic purpose uh, of your responsibilities so that you know why you're shouldering them and often that will give you a strong sense of dignity. And your chart is going to get better as we will come to September. But uh, uh, it, it's just, uh, you know, pick up George Carlin's tape about, you know, stuff and <laughs> crap and I would have a garage sale, I would liberate, <laughs> I would get rid of things, I would create some open spaces so that as you wake up in the morning, you know, you see that you have room in your life rather than congestion. And I think that'll go a long way to changing your psychological profile at this time. Great idea. Yeah, you know, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. Well, thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Okay, thank you. All right, bye. Well, you know, one of the things we've talked about before, Dennis, is how with this economic changes, people are actually finding more purposeful work. And just like when you were speaking to Darcy a few moments ago about finding real purpose in her life, doing things that she really values. And I I know with Amy, our first caller, doing something that she really loves, not having jobs that you do just to make everything work out, but having jobs that are valuable personally, and then allowing abundance to flow into your life from that perspective versus thinking we have to have jobs to feed our family and to make everything safe. I I really believe people can have wonderful jobs that feed their family and keep them safe, but fill them with enormous passion. And that's really what this This whole situation is about. This is is the opportunity, and this is the bright light in this period of time. Even though we say Jupiter is debilitated in the winter constellation of Capricorn, it is actually during the solstice that is the darkest time of the year where the light shines the brightest. Mm. We we celebrate this in all sorts of festivals from the Christmas lights to the menorah. The Hindus have a festival of lights called Diwali. The Babylonians have the return of the sun. We celebrate all of these festivals of light because by contrast, it's in the darkness where we right. see the light. Absolutely. And we have to remember this hope that this light will increase. But during the dark period of time, it is restorative. And it is a period of time... In the ancient world, in a winter period of time, people fasted 
because, you know, there wasn't preservatives or refrigeration. Uh, mm. the, the modern world is really wonderful, but, but we have this distinction as human beings of kind of living separate from nature. You know, right. I mean, we turn the lights on, we turn the heat on, you know, we'll import our vegetables from South America or whatnot. And, and I think the winter solstice just reminds us it's a restorative period of time. And as I like to say, you need to rest and restore. Remember, hard work never hurts any of the people you're working hard for. That's right. And we're going to go straight to our phone lines again. Right on. Let's talk to Michelle in Shoreline. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Marie, and hi, Dennis. How are you? Hi, Michelle. I'm actually really good in, in a lot of ways. Um, I I lost my job in February, and I, I feel like I'm kind of healing a lot of things and finishing things up to create something new, and I, I've never felt successful in that way before and I have a lot of health stuff but Mm -hmm. I actually feel pretty amazing I don't know what I'm saying I think that's fantastic I'm I'm just looking for everything you've said has made complete sense to me and I'm just looking for a little little guidance so did you want Dennis to um, have your birth date sure okay so what is that it's 521.59 all right and where were you born uh, Kirkland, Washington, ah. at six oh seven a.m. Homegrown, yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so Dennis is putting that into his computer right now. And just to let everyone know, we have actual visitors here in the studio, so we're putting a shout out to Kentwood High School. We have some young high school students. Well, maybe not young. I'm not sure how old everyone is. Juniors or seniors? Juniors. And so they're interested in the communication field. So they're here in the radio station today, um, observing. So just a shout out to the high school. Now, Michelle, you are May 21st, 1959 at 6.07 a.m. in Kirkland? Yes. All right, very good. And um, um, <clears throat> in, in this period of time, you, you are running a cycle. Uh, it is the cycle of K2, and K2 oh, is, like is the most spiritual <laughs> uh, of all of the planets. It's a planet of transcendent, but yeah, it's a planet that, cycle. that has to do with letting go, yeah. and, and particularly letting go, not, not loss, but letting go in perspective. And I'm going to say something very important here, uh, which is this is a planet of enlightenment, and all really enlightenment is is loss without ego attachment. As soon mm-hmm. as our ego is attached, it's no longer enlightenment, it's lost. And the story I want to tell you is the story of the great Greek philosopher Archimedes. Archimedes was asked in ancient Greece, uh, to for the king's coronation to weigh him in gold. And he had to come up with a system of weights and measurements. Uh, this was an ancient period of time in which we measured things in hands and feet. You know, we still measure ponies in hands. We still use that anachronism, feet. Uh, and uh, he absolutely failed uh, as far as the uh, coronation was concerned. I mean, basically, he choked. And, uh, and, and kind of on his failure... You know, he realized he failed. He was egoically very disturbed. You know, like all good Greeks, he got into his hot tub and he yelled out, Eureka, I got it, because he displaced water and he came up with the water displacement scale, but on the ground of his failure, which is actually his egoic failure was the beginning of enlightenment. And I want to tell you what Einstein said, no problem is solved on the same level of consciousness it creates it. So what K2 does, and you have a beautiful K2 in your chart, and your K2 is in the part of your chart that's associated with profession. You needed to leave, lose this job because this job is not you. And if you stayed at the job, you probably would have lost your sense of identity. So actually, it's a good loss. Yeah. Uh, and what happens is you will absolutely reinvent yourself. Uh, 
Um, you have a very, very strong chart, and you have a very strong K2. But often what K2 does, uh, uh, my my friend Marie Manichari has a superb K2. K2 types are good at seeing other people, and they're good at getting other people. So many times we will find them in the field of the transcendent. We will find them in the field of solving people's problems. And you actually would make a, a very good counselor, uh, and you would make a, a, a very good healer. Uh, because of the strength of your K2, and your K2 is very well placed. So this is actually the cycle of your spiritual liberation. I know it looks like loss right now, dear, but it's actually the beginning of your emancipation. But Yay. remember, that's how it looked for Archimedes before he got into the hot tub. So I don't know if you've got a hot tub, but, you know, that... that I'll find one. Yeah, find one, or go to tubs in Seattle and rent it, you know, but it, it, it's just, uh, you know, try to get one of these eureka moments, because it really is about letting go. But ironically, we have got to come to a sense of failure, because what a sense of failure really means is that we're not looking at the world right. You know, we're seeing it as the glass of life that is half empty, as opposed to the hot tub that is half full. That is lovely, and congratulations. Um, I hope that you take the time to examine and experience, you know, multisensory um, loveliness. Um, I absolutely love what I do for work now. So I, I wish you all the best of luck there. And don't get isolated. You have a beautiful Venus Day. Close to your friends and the people that love you. Okay. Oh, I, I, I have been. I will. Wonderful. And I've been using Marie's CDs to meditate and heal. So wonderful. it's been pretty, pretty good. Well, wonderful. you're right there on the path of transcendence. Wow. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And we will be right back with Marie Manucherry Show. Looking for a weekend getaway and a beautiful setting and the opportunity to further empower yourself? Well, then join Marie in Sun Valley, Idaho for the 12th annual Sun Valley Wellness Festival, May 22nd through the 25th. Marie will be a presenter at this year's festival and will be teaching the class The Energy Medicine Experience on May 24th, as well as a three-hour workshop, Change Your Beliefs, Change Your Life, on May 25th. This is a great festival full of incredible speakers and activities. For more information, visit www.sunvalleywellness.org. Looking for a great place to get the word out about your business? Then why not advertise on the Marie Menu Cherry Show? The Marie Menu Cherry Show reaches a diverse group of listeners from all around the world and was just recently voted one of the top five shows on KKNW. Aside from a professional website, how many outlets do you really have to promote your business and literally reach across the globe? The Marie Menu Cherry Show has a listening audience that ranges from the U.S., Scotland, South Africa, to Australia and beyond. Become part of the show and let the world know what you have to offer. Go to www.energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671 to find out more about advertising on the Marie Manu Cherry Show. Rates are reasonable and the opportunity to grow your business is substantial. Going against the grain has never been so much fun. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And we are back at the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are live in Seattle, and we have Dennis Flaherty here, a Vedic astrologer here, local in Seattle. But before we go back to the phone lines, and Dennis gets to look at people's charts who have graciously called in, I just want to make two reminders. On April 15th, I will be teaching a two-hour class between 7 and 9 p.m. 
at the Redmond Town Center Marriott. It's called Embracing What Is, Surrendering, which in my mind is the final stage of manifesting the ability to surrender, to let go, to move forward. Um, That class is $35. And then on April 24th, I will be at the East West Bookshop in Bothell. I will be teaching a class about past lives. This class is in a very small venue, so you want to call East West Bookshop in Bothell to register, and their phone number is 425-487-8786. So that's what we have going on. And We've got several more people on the phone line. So who do we have, Eric? Right now we've got Steve on the line calling from Seattle. Great. Hi, Steve. Oh, hi. How are Great. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Great. So um, what can Dennis do for you today? Well, I have a um, little bit of money that I'm going to be coming into, some CDs that are going to mature and a tax return. And I was wondering what would be the best. I'm kind of conflicted because I like what I learned from Deepak about um, putting yourself in the flow. And at the same time, I want to be uh, know what's best to do with my money. But uh, So I was wondering if you could help me out there. Absolutely. I'd be happy to give you my opinion on that. One and of we, his favorite things, by the way, money. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, we love Deepak. We call him Deep Deep Pockets Chopra uh, because <laughs> uh, he's very, very successful on a number of levels. And uh, as as you know, um, this is a very challenging time as to what do with what to do with our money. Many people perceive, you know, that the stock market uh, is, an, is a buying opportunity. There are other contrarians out there that feel the market is going to drop uh, a little bit lower. Uh, uh, okay. Many times, as far as fixed CDs are concerned, people can make more money hawking T-shirts on a street corner than you can in your fixed CD. Uh, and even Treasury certificates are below 1% in this period of time. So indeed, the question right. is, what does one do with their money? Can we really call 1% a return? Uh, what has happened uh, economically is a lot of people have moved away from growth and the risk that is associated with growth because of Jupiter's debilitation to the preservation of capital. People have real risk and loss aversion in this period of time. We can see what's happening with the real estate market. And so we're going to come into a period of time right now um, where, in my opinion, there will be a little bit more economic clarity of what is going on. But just the challenge that I see is that uh, the economy for a number of years moved forward on people spending money. Now people are losing jobs. The economy, you've heard it with our uh, listeners, uh, the economy is losing jobs at over uh, half a million jobs a month. This is quite extraordinary. People that don't have money and don't have access to credit are not spending money. And so the government has taken over spending for people to keep the economy moving. But, you know, everybody is spending. Uh, And there really aren't any incentives to save because they want people to spend because you look at the CDs and what they offer. But my recommendation, and again, uh, I'm a fan of uh, Paul Krugman, I believe if you can get a a rate on an FDIC-insured CD at a bank other than one of the zombie banks out there that probably needs a federal bailout, you're going to be doing pretty well until a clearer pattern can emerge. And you have eclipse patterns in your chart right now that are between the second and the eighth house. Is some of this money an inheritance that has come to you? 
No, it's uh, all from income, tax return, and I put some of it in CDs last year. Okay. I would follow through on the CD strategy until a path becomes clear in the economy, but just make sure that the CD is invested, from my point of view, in something that's really going to be FDIC-insured, because there's a lot of banks out there that offer CDs that don't have the FDIC insurance. So it's just a little bit more of a precarious time, and so my suggestion for my clients in this period of time and again, I'm an astrologer, not a financial advisor. But you're good at it. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm interested in the preservation of capital uh, uh, in this period of time because Jupiter's debilitation is going to continue in the fall. And I really want to see where we're at in the fall because, as Paul Krugman has said, uh, uh, and a very gifted economist, but he is not uh, uh, advising the Obama administration. In fact, he's criticizing them the same as he criticized our, our previous administration, is uh, – uh, pretty much he said, this is not your father's recession. This is your grandfather's depression. Mm. So we have to wow. see where this is going to go. And uh, there may even be momentary deflation. Uh, for example, if you needed to get a car at this period of time, you would get it at a decreased price. If you wanted to get a home, you would get it at a decreased price. So uh, things that one needs, money can buy that less than it used to be a year ago. That can be a good use of capital. Uh, if you have the capital to do that, if not, preserve your capital. And if there is momentary deflation, it might actually be worth more. Great. Yeah, I was thinking about maybe mutual funds, and I was wondering, do you see anything in my chart that might, uh, you know? Well, I don't know who your financial advisor is, uh, but but in essence, uh, remember that when Jupiter is debilitated, uh, the big boys aren't that bright. Uh, which is the gurus themselves are a little bit challenged because, you know, we're into this period of time with the financial gurus that said, you know, all was going to be well in Whoville, but unfortunately the Grinch has come. Uh, and so uh, it's very important because there are so many, I want to say, uh, uh, there, there, are, there are so many complexities in financial instruments, uh, you know, you're not always getting into what you think you're getting into. So I would just say you really, uh, you really want to get a good financial advisor to kind of go through this uh, minefield financially at this period of time. But my recommendation is on the preservation of capital with no risk. Great. Thank you so much for calling in, Steve. All right, Steve. Yep. All righty. Thank Bye-bye. you. Sure. And we'll go straight back to the phone lines. All right. Let's talk to Suzanne calling from Ellensburg. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Marie. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I am fabulous. Thank you for asking. So what question do you have for Dennis? Um, I have one that's quite similar to Steve's. I, except my um, uh, the money that I'm going to be coming into is coming in, for, in the form of an inheritance. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious. My inclination is to decrease my debt, pay off my home, pay off my school loans, and um, use my inheritance in that manner. And being a cancer, um, that, you know, really appeals to me. The stock market doesn't appeal to me, but I'm being advised by family members to use, put my money into stocks now because of the the way the market is right now. So I would just like... um, Dennis's input on that. Well, Suzanne, uh, Dave Barry was in town, who write, you know, who writes for Knight Ritter, 
uh, about a year ago, and he said, I have never seen a stockbroker that didn't recommend stocks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, everybody recommends, uh, of, of course, what they're most familiar with. That is only, uh, that is only uh, human nature. So uh, just the challenge in this period of time is uh, the, the, uh, the old definition of investment used to be uh, basically, if you were out of debt, you were an investor. But, but kind of the new lexicon of investment is that actually people were in debt and they invested at the same time. In fact, they were urged to kind of stay in debt around their home and other things uh, because the interest rates were low and they could get a higher return uh, around uh, their investments. But what actually happened in this market is this so-called higher return around investments really collapsed. It's I would like to measure the garden, of course, while it's growing in the summer and then to actually believe that it will grow that much in the winter, but the reality is it doesn't. But what's fascinating is, although a lot of the interest changed and people lost money, the debt and your interest around the debt actually remains the same. Right. That has not changed. Wouldn't right. it be an economic anomaly if all of a sudden you know, the interest around debt went down just miraculously great? that people actually had concluded incorrectly and it was going down? <laughs> but that's not the case. So actually paying off your debt is an excellent, excellent. economic strategy yeah. because then you're going to be debt-free. Absolutely. And, and that really appeals to me. <laughs> and then you're going to be sovereign and you're not going to be working for the man or the woman. On. You're going to be working for yourself because you're debt free. It means you're going to be emancipated, which means you're going to have you're going to have pretty much your your uh, your your papers of liberation, and you're not going to be a wage slave. And that might you know liberate you to make other choices in your life in this period of time. So actually, the paying off of debt is extraordinary because uh, that is an investment. But we have come to look at investment these last number of years of actually maintaining a certain amount of debt because, what, we got some tax credit on it. Right. Uh, and encouraged to invest because somehow we could make better returns. But after we look at the market, the market has gone down dramatically. And, and, and again, it can go down again dramatically because uh, that market uh, is uh, is is not stable at this period of time. People have asked me, you know, is it a bearable market? And I say neither. It's actually a BS market at this period of time because <laughs> it goes up and down with high regularity. But your debt will remain the same. Wouldn't it be nice if your debt went up and down? Because one day you wouldn't be in debt and you'd be happy. The next day you'd be in more debt, you'd be sad. <laughs> so what happens is pay your debt off and then you're yeah. free. Every day you'll be liberated. I think your you intuition... You know, Dennis, that really yeah. appeals to me. And, and, you know, the other aspect of it is that I'm not interested in watching the market. So why would I want to put my money there? Right. And wouldn't it be nice if your debt went up and down like that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and then you actually got to sell your debt off, you know, when, you know, when it was really low or something like that. It doesn't work like that. It kind of works the other way. Your debt will always remain the same. You won't get out of it unless you go into bankruptcy court. But what's interesting is the stock market will go up and down and you can lose all your capitalization because basically uh, it, it, it's kind of like a, a casino mentality, except the casino mentality in the stock market, unfortunately, is that uh, the, the, the gamblers always win. Uh, but if the house uh, loses, the taxpayers actually pick up the tab. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I mean, I'd like to have a gambling casino like that myself personally. So, Suzanne, good work. Great intuition. And I, I'm celebrating you writing those checks and paying off your debt. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Best you so luck. much. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye now. Now we've got Estrella on the line calling from Seattle. Great. Hi, Estrella. Hi. How uh, are you? Marie and hi, Dennis. 
Hi, Estrella. I don't have a financial question. Excellent. <laughs> what can we do for you? Actually, I'm kind of in a real abundance thing going on here now. Excellent. And, um, my question is, I'm in the last part of my life, and I really feel an opening coming, but I'm still under some family obligations. My mom is 94, and she's in hospice, and I'm her primary caregiver. But I'm freeing myself of that because I really feel something happening in me that wants to a big change. So I just want to know if my stars say something or my planet. (laughs) Well, um, Estrella, you are born on March 17, 1944, in the Seattle area late in the evening. Right. So we're going to do what we call a moon chart for you. Okay. And uh, uh, where, where where your moon is placed in this period... Uh, you have a particular yoga with the moon, a planetary combination, which is a very motivational yoga called uh, Chandra Mangala Yoga. Uh, and this gives very, very quick consciousness uh, and, and people who have a high degree of confidence. And so uh, there's, a, there's a lot of joy in this chart, but you're running the end of the cycle of Rahu. And uh, just uh, Rahu tends to be a little bit more at the end, like we say, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Uh, it's a little bit kind of a roller coaster, and uh, God bless your mom is in hospice. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an open-ended experience. You know, hospice is, isn't, uh, you know, it, it's about waiting. Uh, it's more of this place of liminality, kind of this in-between. Uh, and, and, you know, this is the time for your mother. And so there's this great anticipation of this, again, the word we're going to use is kind of liberation, uh, because you're going to fulfill a great familial uh, obligation that we all have fulfilled. I, I mean, you're getting to deal with, you know, the family tree here, and you, of course, are a limb of that tree. And whenever we're going through an experience such as this, uh, it does remind us that our time will come later, not from a place of uh, being morose, but from a place of understanding the limits of life. And when you understand to a certain extent how much time you've been giving and, you know, you're, you're in the latter stages of life here, you're, you're not in the last station of life by any stretch of the imagination. You would be in what we call the third station of life, which is what we call Vanaprastha, which pretty much means for the fulfillment of desire. So uh, your consciousness is changing in this period of time, uh, but, but you have got to steward your mother, as the Vedas say, we all have a a debt of obligation to our ancestors, and you're going to fulfill, you know, this obligation within the family and be there for her. But there's an extraordinary liberation at the end of it, and the cycle that you're in is you might even move. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you might be actually, as a result of this experience, looking to who really is your sangha, who is your group of people, who do you want to throw your lot in with. So as kind of mother transitions, you might be looking for that sense of extended family and community. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. <coughs> and and just take your time with this. You know, this isn't like, uh, you know, you don't have to do this exponentially. It, it, it is an exploratory period of time uh, that is really rich as existentially, which is you're going to be you're going to be assessing who you want to be and who you want to be it with and who is capable of uh, of getting you and and being with you and accompanying you so you're looking for what we would call your sangha the group of people that share your truth wonderful take your time with it Thank wonderful you very much thank you so much for calling in okay bye a wonderful day bye bye now we're going to move on to Jessica calling from Everett. Hi, Jessica. 
Hello. How are you? I'm doing all right. Great. What, we can, what can we do for you today? Um, well, for the past couple of weeks, um, I've had um, right underneath my left eye, mm-hmm. I've had um, my eye been twitching. Constantly. Uh, yeah, yeah, and um, at first it started where I could barely feel it, mm-hmm. and then it started to get stronger, and, and it'll have points where I can't tell it's there, and then it'll have times where I can feel it, and then other times where it almost wraps around the right. far corner of my eye and up right. over my eye. You know what it is? It's absolute fear and stress. So something has come to your awareness, something within your family life, actually, and you've tried to just put it off to the side. You, I, I actually read the prompter a few moments ago and um, got all these visions about you and your life circumstances right now. So something came to light for you, and you've tried to put it out of sight. You tried to, have tried to ignore it or make it se- seem like it's not very important, and your body is reacting to it. And so you're actually in a, a fairly significant place of fear, and you're in a lot of stress and anxiety. And so the twitching is from stress. Okay, it's um, a lot of it probably has to do with a new housemate situation and dealing with relationships it's, and people. It's That's where I think it is. Yeah, it's definitely relationships. So something came up recently into view, and you're wishing that you didn't know about it, <laughs> whatever it is. You're like, oh, you know, and you've tried to put it off to the side, thinking that everything's going to work out okay. And of course it will, but not necessarily in the way that you thought it was going to work out. Okay. Is there um, anything that you can recommend that um, will allow me to confront it, an exercise or something? Well, what I would recommend that you do actually is look at the problem instead of trying to avoid it or ignore it or think that it's just going to disappear. Okay. You you know, because then your body won't be in stress because you'll be able to actually accurately look at the situation instead of what you're trying to do is to pretend like it's gone away when it's clearly standing in the middle of your living room, so to speak. So um, that's what I would ask that you do is is look at the situation while you also tell yourself that you're safe and that everything is fine around you. Okay. And Jessica, Dennis here. Hello, Uh, Dennis. uh, Very, very interestingly in ancient India, uh, pretty much uh, the yogis of ancient India very early on uh, actually discovered that environment determines most people's consciousness. If we're in a very oppressive environment, we kind of become oppressed. And as we become oppressed, something very interesting happens. We actually don't breathe. And if you ever see a scary movie, you can almost hear a pin drop in the theater because everybody <gasps> just their breath. <laughs> holds their breath, which is, which is actually an attempt not to exist <laughs> in difficult circumstances. And there was a wonderful commercial on last Christmas. I think it was for a particular... Uh, a car uh, th- that a man had given his his girlfriend, and he gave her a box of Kleenex, uh, the keys to a car in a paper bag. And and so he took her to the right. window. He gave her the keys to the car. She fainted. She started to cry. <laughs> he gave her the Kleenex, and then she started to hyperventilate, and he gave her the paper bag. <laughs> and so she breathed in the paper bra- bag. Now, th- this regulation of breath we call pranayama in yoga. And, uh, and, and so what's interesting is we can moderate our stress through breath. Mm-hmm. A lot of people take what we call a cigarette break, and all a cigarette break is is pranayama with smoke. People go out and smoke just like we smoke the bees to relax them, except they do it with breath. If you will learn to breathe in your difficult circumstances and catch yourself holding your breath, your body will oxygenate itself. And if there's like a yoga studio in your area and you want to get involved with yoga and oxygenating your body and actually learning to breathe, you'll actually be able to reduce some of these stresses, but watch yourself to see if you're holding your breath. Excellent okay. advice. Great Thank idea. Thank you so much. And we wish you the best of luck through all of this. It will resolve. It's, it's got a 90-day a circumstance around it from what I can see. 
So in about three months. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. All right. We'll take our last caller. We've got Meredith calling all the way from Springfield, Oregon. Hi, Meredith. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. How's Oregon? Is it sunny out there or overcast Um, like it is here? It's pretty overcast and Uh raining a little bit. There you go. Okay. That's why we share similar weather patterns, don't we? I think so, yes. (laughs) So what kind of Um, question do you have for Dennis today? Well, my question is about a relationship, and I'm wondering what it is that I need to learn from this relationship that I've been really overwhelmed with recently. Um, and that's ended, and there's been a lot of conflict and bad decisions on my part, and I'm really confused by the choices that I've been making. So, All right, Meredith, are you born February 20th, 1981, in Eugene, Oregon, at 5 p.m.? That's correct. All right, very good. Uh, did this relationship uh, uh, just end uh, uh, in about the last week, or did it end back in February? It ended yesterday. Okay. Yeah. The planetary combinations have been very stressful, actually starting on Saturday, and in my opinion, you know, it ended on Monday night. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we send all of our love to you, too, by the way. We know that's a hard time. And and, and, and just the issue is, uh, I believe there's kind of been fear and anger in this relationship. How long were you in it? Um, On and off for a year. And uh, because of the cycle that you're in... Um, I, I believe you were attempting to conform and be a certain person in this relationship that you were not. Is that correct? I could say that that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, so the issue is the relationship was a compromise, and the ending of the relationship is a, a statement on your part that you're not going to compromise who you are for anybody or even for this particular person. So I know it hurts, but sometimes it hurts to be ourselves. And then in mm-hmm. taking a stand to being ourself, we can actually bring someone who might actually accept us. But as the sages say, you know, when one door closes, another door opens. But, you know, it's that hallway in between that's particularly aggravating. And this relationship has just ended, and you're kind of in the aggravating hallway right now. And I don't want you to recriminate yourself. I don't want you to go over, you know, all of the things that you should have done and could have done, you know, so that you could have been more better at not being yourself. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I will accept, it, it, please accept the ending of this relationship. There actually is an opportunity in the next two months for the starting of a new relationship. Uh, because, uh, but you see, a new relationship can't start unless something else can end. So mm-hmm. the other piece I want to say is because the planet Jupiter is very hurt right now, uh, a lot of people are losing hope. And, and so the difficulty of this ending is that you might have lost hope and you might think that you're going to be alone for the rest of your life. Has that thought crossed your mind? Yeah. yeah, it's delusional. It's absolutely delusional. Uh, and, and so it's just, but that's what's happening to people right now. They're out of work and they think they're never going to work a day in their life again. They're out of relationship. You know, they're, they're, they're never going to be in a relationship again. They break a nail and they believe they have a terminal illness. So uh, the planet of hope is destroyed and don't let the ending of this relationship or this person take your hope. Bring your hope back, because the planet of hope, which is Jupiter, is going to enter the part of your chart that is associated 
with relationship in May. It is a very good transit. It's a very stabilizing transit. But by actually ending this relationship, your life is going to become more stable. But, you know, it's kind of like a healing crisis. It always gets a little worse before it gets better because we're actually no longer in denial of the Mm. problem. So Mm -hmm. we'll come to a better month, and I'm just going to say take Good care of yourself this month. Your energy may be down a little bit. The Uh, planetary energy is obstructed. Don't push the river. Kind of let it carry you in this period of time. Exercise good self-care. Put your friends around you and just start to practice being yourself. Wonderful. We wish you the best of luck, Meredith. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. All right, Meredith. And thank you so much, Dennis, for being on the show today. It's As been a always, pleasure. a pleasure to see you. And where can people find you? Uh, people can reach me at the Northwest Institute of Vedic Sciences. I'm in Edmonds at 425-778-6487. Wonderful. And we wish everyone a fantastic Thursday afternoon. I will be back live next Thursday by myself in the studio answering questions. We wish you a wonderful day and joyful blessings. Mm-hmm.